welcome to the Positively You podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Larson, and I'm passionate about helping you shift the way you think so you can create a life you're absolutely obsessed with. Each week, I'll be bringing you a guest or a thought that's going to help you feel more optimistic and equipped to take real action. Get ready to push past limiting beliefs, ditch that negativity, and start showing up as the best and most positive version of you. Girl, let's do this. Welcome back to another episode of the Positively You podcast. I'm really excited to share with you today a recording of our February book club. So for the month of February, our focus was on relationships and intimacy, and our book of the month was Sex Talks, Five Conversations to Transform Your Love Life by Vanessa Marin. I absolutely loved this book, and I loved the book club conversations that we had. So whether you joined book club and want to relive it, or you read the book and couldn't make it to book club, or if you were just finding out and want to catch what the insights and the takeaways were from other people before you dive into the book, this is for you. Okay. So last month when I asked, I was like, Hey, there's this book, you know, I've kind of had my eye on if we want to focus on relationships. And it was like a resounding, everyone raised their hand and was like, yes, absolutely. Let's read this. So I was excited and I've had some good feedback, um, throughout like the month from people, but how, how were we with this book? Were you like excited to dive in or a little bit apprehensive or I don't know, how's everyone feeling? Um, so yeah, I was actually excited because um, my husband and I had just had this conversation, like a really vulnerable conversation about like our sex life. And I was like, oh, and I had had the thought like, oh, I really should like put more effort into like mm. learning or trying more, you know, different things as far as sex goes. And so when I saw this as a book, I was like, this is exactly what I need to read. This is perfect. Oh, I love it. Love it. Yeah. I was really excited to dive into it. It has been a little while. I feel like it's been a minute since um, my husband and I had conversations mm-hmm. surrounding like just us, our marriage intimacy. I feel like I'm so like, I'm driven to be like internally mode. Like how can I, you know, improve or whatever. And so it was so nice. We, we listened to this together. Oh, I love that. Allie, mm-hmm. did you have any input for your husband? Like, was he listening? Did you share anything about it with him? Yes, I've been sharing bits and pieces, but the whole time I've been like, ah, oh, we need to be listening to this together. Yeah. But I've been listening to it like in my car and when I've been doing things. And so we haven't had a chance to sit down and listen to it. But I think I will maybe sit down and listen to it again with him or just kind of recap and have the conversations with him and, you know, share more of it. Yeah. Um, did you listen to the book or did you read it physically? I listened. It's so okay. much easier for me to listen and read. Yeah. Same, same. But there are things like as I was, here's my my pages of notes. It's fine. Um, <laughs> we'll get into them. Um, but like sometimes, right, I was like re-listening. I was trying to go back a little bit and get some like like nuggets and tidbits that I wanted to share. And so I was like, oh, it might be really nice to have the physical book too, to just yeah. flip to really quick. But I don't know if you know this or not, but there is a companion workbook that goes along with the Sex Talks book. So you can get it. I'll put it in the chat right here. Um, Let me grab the link. If you go to sextalksbook.com and you can put in, like if you scroll down, um, there's a little area. Hold on. Now I've lost everything where it says like step two and you can put in just like where you got your book from or order and they'll send you it. I haven't done that yet, but... (laughs) There, I also did find it online. Um, awesome. Let's see if I can, and I have that link too, so I'll put that in here. Okay, got it. You would think I would be better at this. Okay, so there's that website, but I did just Google Sex Talks Workbook, and one popped up for me. It has like links in it, and none of the links are clickable because it's not like the the real one, quote unquote. Um, Mm -hmm. But you can get like the general gist and it has like questions to ask and like reflections and stuff. And I really, really actually liked um, the workbook a lot. So there's both of those links for you guys if you want to check those out. Um, 
but I thought it was really good for just kind of going back through and having like that reflection. Cause as you're listening, it's good. And then, you know, you get to the next conversation or whatever and you're like, wait, what was the thing yeah. <laughs> last, you know? So I think yeah. it's good to, I love listening and I, especially with like their two voices and how animated the two of them are. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I really might go get the actual copy so that I can have it to kind of flip back to you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So favorite takeaway favorite chapter I'll share one of mine I actually really liked that there was so much of this that was really good information for conversations outside of like sex conversations there was so much that was just like good communication where I was like oh I could use this with my kids or oh I could use this in just like any type of conflict and so chapter after you finish like the five conversations that they have um and I just listened to these yesterday, so I really liked them. And Allie, you probably did too since you just finished. But chapter 10, 11, and 12, I was like, these are just as much gold as the other ones. So chapter 10 was kind of like, what happens when things go off the rails? What happens when the talk yeah. turns into the fight? And I was like, this is so good because it was so much about um, like reconnecting after conflict and how conflict can actually be connecting. And I, I just loved that kind of like reframe of conflict because sometimes we're so nervous to have these conversations because we don't know what they're going to turn into or how they're going to blow up. Mm -hmm. And if we reframe it as like these conversations, no matter how hard or scary they are, are a chance for us to connect better. Um, so I, I love that reframe. Well, I'm so looking forward to getting to those. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm like, this will motivate you to get it. Call off work so we could just sit and listen to the rest of them together. The book, the audiobook itself was quite long. It is like packed with yeah. so much. Like I got to, when I was, because I said I'm in chapter seven, and I was almost like, how much more are we going to learn? Because already my brain was like, and I think yeah. my biggest takeaway points was that it was so extremely validating. They did such an amazing job with this book, just making it relatable, realistic, um, making you feel like you're not crazy, kind of normalizing like some of the taboo things that we've kind of been like conditioned not to talk about. Um, I feel like every single person who enters into some type of like intimate relationship needs to read this. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I would have had it about 10 years years ago, because a lot of the things that my husband and I have worked through, um, this would have been like therapy in a book. I mean, yeah. we really, we, we are still benefiting from it um, for sure. But I feel like every, like we need to start getting these out as like wedding gifts is what we need. To Absolutely. Do. It's so funny you say that. Cause I, you know, I'll hop on and see like, what, what are people saying online or other things or trying to craft questions or discussion outline for a book club or whatever. And so many of the like reviews or the responses on Amazon or on Goodreads were that exact thing of like, where was this book five or 10 years ago? This should be required reading for everybody. Um, so I'm happy it's out now. But like, yeah, all of us that are like, man, if we could have started with this, like how far ahead mm -hmm. of the game we would have been. Yeah, I really loved like just the um, the difference in the drives. Like yeah. the, the sex drives alone, like spontaneous versus just response. I, I do <laughs> right here. <laughs> because when I was listening to it and doing my walk, I thought to myself, I need to be writing this stuff down. Um, just, and I mean, the book is amazing. Just that piece alone. Yeah. You, you were, I, I was so blown away. And my husband and I looked at each other like we had just seeing each other for the first time again. It was mm. really amazing to connect and be like, oh, oh my gosh, yes. And just yeah. that like part alone was just so intimate between he and I, that that level of like understanding of, of one another. It's just, it was incredible. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that makes my heart so happy. That is awesome. Mm -hmm. um, I had... I had a really cool realization with like that desire that yeah desire type um between like spontaneous and responsive and me and my husband actually had a conversation about this a little while ago because usually I'll be more of the responsive I'm you know like it's like yeah if you initiate mm -hmm. like I'm game usually and we had a, a 
a talk about, even if you're always game, like sometimes it's nice to have it flipped and be the one that's desired. Cause even if both partners are still willing, like if the one is always the chaser and the one is always the responder, like that's a lot of work. And so even just having that conversation to sometimes flip that can be um, just really interesting and just a good another like connection and like, oh, I see you. Cause in my eyes, I was like, well, I'm always game. So like, what's the problem? But it was like, yeah, but it would be nice to know that like, you know what I mean? Anyway, very, very fun. Okay. Um, I, there was another thing that I had with the responsive type was, was the acronym please. Do you guys remember that one that she shared? Um, Mm -hmm. what did you think about that? About like being how that gets you. So if you don't remember what they are, so the acronym is please. It's position, length, environment, activity, stimulation, and energy. And I, I really like this, Um, especially we're all moms. (laughs) And I know like (laughs) she talks about, you know, the mental load and I know Vanessa herself isn't a mom. And so it's always kind of interesting to like hear her take on things sometimes, but I just really like that because I think sometimes, and I kind of shared about this in my last episode of the podcast, if you had a chance to listen to it about getting out of your head, um, because that can be so hard. We've always got like our mental load going and like our list. And I don't know, I cannot be alone in this where you're like halfway in like mid romp and you're like dentist appointments. You're like, why am I thinking about dentist appointments right now? So I even liked this please acronym for just like bringing yourself back to present a little bit of like just being aware of like what position you're in and like what you're doing and like what's being stimulated. I thought that that was just a way to be more present and then kind of understanding like the desire and the responsiveness and spontaneousness. <laughs> so hopefully I'm not alone in in the the running of the to-do list and the behind the scenes, right? Yeah. The, when she talked about the mental load that, that most often women carry. Yes. That was like so validating to be like, oh my God, that makes so much sense. And, and when she talked about like, if your partner is showing up, and, and taking some of that mental load off of you that mm-hmm. makes you want to, you know, like freeze up space in your mind, maybe to think about sex or, or to desire your partner more because you're feeling supported. Yeah, and absolutely. So not very validating. No, I completely agree. I'm grabbing a link for another book. So I have three book recommendations to kind of like, if you liked this, what other ones would be good? Oh, this is such a long link. Sorry. This book is called Fair Play. Um, I read it a couple of years ago. It is about the mental load. Fantastic. I recommend this book to everyone. Liz, have you read it? Nod your head. Did I? I know. I know I've recommended it to you. (laughs) I haven't read it, but I know what it is. I know they have cards. Responsibility cards or something where it's like, who's taking over this? uh responsibility right. in our relationship. So that's kind of all I know really about it. Yeah, it's a really good book. It was this this wife who was super upset with the mental load and was just whatever and she took the time one day to literally like write down everything and she made it into like a deck of cards almost of like meals, uh school stuff, car stuff, health like whatever, like any type of responsibility in your life that you could ever imagine. And it, yeah, the book, you can get the book and then you can get the card deck. I, of course, obviously listen to it on Audible because that's how I listen to all of my books. But I did see the card deck actually at Barnes & Noble. The point is that you can divvy them up and have like that actual like visual um, of like, hey, my deck is this big and yours is this big. So when you're like, what are you so stressed out about? It's because like, look at the difference here. Um, and then it's kind of talks about how you can actually like even that out a little bit more and how you can... Um, just really have a good conversation about the mental load. So I loved that book. And then after it, there's a companion book to that one called Unicorn Space. That's like, once you actually get this all taken care of, you open up what's called Unicorn Space for yourself because you're no longer carrying this huge mental load on your own. So two really good books to go along with at least like this kind of chapter about that mental load. So I was, it kept popping into my head as we were reading. Um, Liz, did you, I don't even think so. When I talked to you last, you didn't even pick up the book, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad you're here. last month's book. It's fine. It's <laughs> in my cupboard. But you I have thought, a newborn. Oh, you're fine. <laughs> I'm going to come for as much as I can today and catch whatever you share. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You have a newborn. You're totally fine. 
I have a good excuse. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> She's so precious. Okay. So I kind of split up some of my notes into sections of like the chapter. Um, I don't know. I just want to go through kind of some of the stuff I did like at the end of the book that there was like a quiz that you could take that was like, which conversation would be more beneficial for you to start with. So there is a quiz at the end of the book that you can be like, okay, if you answered mostly this, like the connection conversation would be probably where I would start or the exploration conversation would be where I would start. But obviously all of them um, would be beneficial to you. So I'm going to put everyone on the spot except the list because you don't know, but I'm still going to make you answer. Um, (laughs) What conversation out of the five conversations, and I will say what they are, are you most excited to have or most nervous to have? Those can be it. Um, They are, I'll say them really quick because I have them copy and pasted right here. Acknowledgement. Um, Okay. And I'll even do the little things that she says after acknowledgement. Sex is a thing and we have it. Conversation two is connection. What do we need to feel close to each other? Conversation three is desire. What do we each need to get turned on? Conversation four is pleasure. What do we each need to feel good? And conversation five is exploration. What should we try next? Who wants to share? (laughs) And let me copy and paste them in here so you guys can see them. I'll go. Okay. Allie, what do you think? So I feel like we've already had like the acknowledgement conversation and connection conversation has probably been the majority of our conversations. So for me, I think probably desire and like exploring that more of like, what does that look like for each of us? How can we like do better and like what turns us off? And I was like, just laughing at some of her like real life examples of like the, like the booger, the booger flip. Yeah. <laughs> like you live with this person, you know? And so sometimes it is hard to like see that sexual side of them when you're seeing, you know, everything feels like a roommate sometimes. And that's not how you want to feel. Um, but I liked the uh, initiation styles. Like I would, I would like to dive more into that. Yeah. I have those all written down too. (laughs) Because I'm like, I'm for sure like a take care of me and maybe like a play with me more playful Mm -hmm. or like my partner is more of a desire me and touch me. And so how do we make those two work together or how do I show him desire in the way that he wants? Yeah. I kind of think about these, what I thought of with the initiation styles was almost kind of like the love languages, like the five love languages we talk about and how sometimes those can like fluctuate a little bit. I don't think you're, this is my opinion on the love languages. I don't think you're like solidly one. I can think that you can flow. Like sometimes like I actually really might need to be showered with words of affirmation and other times I might really appreciate a gift. Like I feel like those can flow. And I think it's like the same with these initiation styles. Like I might have one that I lean way more to, But then I'm like, but it might be fun to be like initiated in this way. So Trina, you're in this chapter right now. Have you gotten to, if you you said you're in chapter seven, if you've gotten to these styles at all, um, if not, I'll go ahead and I can say there's six initiation styles. Yeah, no, have not gotten the, no, but I'm really excited to hear them. (laughs) Okay. So uh, the first one is excite me, which she kind of talked about that in, uh, Allie, if you remember too, cause I'm going off of memory here. Um, that's kind of like the slow burn a little bit, like the flirtatious, like text through the day or like different things. So like you're getting excited. It's like this anticipation, right? Like get me excited about it. Um, number two was take care of me. So like if I feel taken care of, right. So that's where like a lot of like chore play, which I love that word so much. I think it's so funny <laughs> comes into play or like, right. Like, Hey, I actually am going to put the kids to bed tonight. Like you're like, game on right um number three is play with me so like the more like playful kind of stuff like that that might be like the the little funny meme or the suggestive something or you know play with me number four is desire me um so those are like those those compliments you know those words of affirmation something that makes you feel really really desired not just like 
oh, this is maintenance, right? Like you're feeling very, very wanted. Um, Number five is connect with me where it's a more of like a connection thing, right? Like it's not about the play. It's not about the anticipation, but it's more about connection. And then number six was touch me. And I actually liked her example. She goes, you, if this one is for you, you might be one of the few who benefit from the boob honk. And I just thought that that was so funny. And she was kind of like, it was tongue in cheek. She's like, just kidding. Like, maybe not. But like, those touches are like, oh, okay. Like, this is on. So I thought that that was interesting to kind of like, look at all the different ways like that initiation can either be like to you or what you can do. Um, And then I liked taking it even like a step further and not just identifying it, but learning how to ask for it um, or like playing around with it. I did a podcast episode and I wish she was on here. Amberly was going to come. I know she was reading the book. Uh, she's a marriage educator. And we were talking about the five love languages and I was talking about like experimenting with them and seeing each day, like doing a different one and seeing like how they play out. So it could almost be fun with like these initiation styles to kind of play around and be like, okay, I did this one and like message not received, like different wavelengths. It didn't go anywhere or like, okay, this one was like sparks and fire. Like that could be like a really fun, like experiment to kind of put in where you just have that intention of I'm going to, we're going to try out like these different initiation styles. And that could be something that you're doing just on your own and you don't voice that intention or you come together and be like, Hey, let's try this like new thing. I don't know. That was just kind of my thoughts as I was going through that. So Allie, I want to know yours because that was something you were a conversation you were curious about. Yeah, I love that idea of of kind of trying them all out. And I do think like the love languages, like you were saying, they you might like all of them. Like, yeah, maybe there's one that kind of like resonates with you the most. But yeah. But I, I think it adds that element of like playfulness and excitement in just like trying, trying all of them. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Within the desire one too, that you talked about, I like that she talked about um, desire in kind of a holistic way um, where it was kind of covering your mental, emotional, physical. And she said like, you're not going to desire sex if you're feeling like it's an obligation. Absolutely. Reminding yourself that like, if your partner's coming to you, they're looking for intimacy and connection. Like they're not just looking for the physical release. Mm -hmm. And so shifting your perspective, you know, where like, Oh, why does this feel like an obligation? I think it shouldn't be an obligation because that really takes the desire out of it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then I think that brings you back to like the the connection conversation a little bit and like going into those questions that are there. Um, something that I also liked that she said in regards to that is they get asked all the time, like, what's the right amount of sex to be having, right? Like, what's the right frequency? Everyone wants like an easy answer, like, tell me it and I'll make it happen. Um, and she'll always say that quality is more important than quantity. Cause she's like, you're not going to want it more if it's not good or if it's not connecting or like you said, Ali, if it's feeling like obligate, obli- like an obligation, <laughs> we're, we're going to mess that word up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that that's important too, is like focusing less on like, Oh, are we having enough? And being like, are we having good like is it is it good enough that I'm gonna want to keep having it and and figuring out like what that is individually for you that makes it good when she talks about like scheduling sex it's it's kind of interesting because it's like okay I love that idea and like what if you're not feeling the desire on Wednesday night that you have it scheduled you know yeah yeah I okay I am so excited to talk about this this is I have so many thoughts on scheduling <laughs> Um, Yeah, most of, I'm not even going to say this out there. What are, what are your thoughts on that? Are you like, yes, a hundred percent. You're like, eh, maybe, or you're like, no, that's super weird. Let's not do that. Yeah. Like my husband and I have talked about it, honestly, because sometimes it just seems easier. It's like scheduling date night. Like, you know, it's going to yeah. happen. And like, even in the book, they talked about like being able to plan for it. As opposed, because sometimes when I'm like, if I know that that's coming, then it's like, oh, like I want to build up the excitement for it versus like I'm being approached at the end of a long day Mm -hmm. 
and I'm tired and I don't want to have sex, but I don't want to turn him down, you know, but it's like, I knew that that was on the plan for tonight. Then it could be like one, letting him know ahead of time, if I am tired or something like, Hey, can we change it to tomorrow night? And so that he's not feeling like rejected and two, like being able to plan and get excited about it. So yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like it's something I could, we could try and like, if it ends up feeling too, I don't know, weird or monotonous or whatever, like then. Yeah. I liked the idea. She, I don't remember what, in what chapter she talks about it, but it's, it's the idea of just considering it. Like if you're not fully in it, but being like, could I be open to like seeing if I am? And it goes back into like the desire, right? Like, oh, like they are like, hey, hey, and you haven't been thinking about it. It's like, okay, but like if I gave myself a second, could I, right? And just at least allowing yourself to have that. I also liked with the scheduling of it, of um, what she says is kind of, what was the term? Hold on. Do I have it written down? I don't. Um, Like a bare minimum or something of like, oh, an easy win where it's like if it's scheduled, but what's like the bare minimum? So it doesn't even have to be that. But if it's like your scheduled day that it's just you'll connect in some way. And so that's like what you can determine for yourself, which I really liked where it's like, Hey, yeah, we plan for it on Wednesday night, but maybe it's been really crazy, but like we could do this, like that's that we always Mm -hmm. know is really quick or whatever, or something like that, where you have like just a, a baseline of knowing that's an easy win. I, I did like that idea. Um, I also, um, when it comes to scheduling it, I think instead of one of the ideas that I had was instead of knowing like, oh, it's scheduled this day is knowing what days are your absolute no's. Mm. And this was just my own insight because it's like, okay, if I have a day, like I know like our Tuesdays are insane. Like I'm busy all day. I'm running all the things. And then after school activities are like all over the place. None of us are getting home till this. So then bedtime with the kids are rushed. So I know like by 8, 30, 9 PM, like I'm actually really done that day and depleted. And for me, it might feel good to connect that day. And that actually might be a good thing. Or that might be my like, don't even try. This is an absolute no. Because if both of us know that that's a no day, then we're not going to like one of us isn't going to get hurt or shut down by like starting to initiate and then getting that let down and that no, if we know that it's a no. So I think like scheduling your yes days, but also knowing like what are your absolute no days so that that's not even, I don't know. That was just kind of a thought I had. I'm curious to know if you're like, I don't know. <laughs> I love the idea of making a, a minimum. And was yeah. that, was that in the book, Jesse, or did you just kind of reflect? No, that's, that? that's in the book. It's chapter 11. Okay. You'll get there. <laughs> oh, I haven't got there yet. Okay. That's incredible. Yeah. I have to tell you when years ago, when this is a little bit more of um, like an issue with, with the connecting. Um, we, I of course had, had this great idea of, Hey, let's like schedule it. Right. Mm -hmm. So that at least we know, like, it'll definitely, because if it wasn't like scheduled, I just felt like we were just constantly getting caught up in life. Like, and we weren't planning. And I think that she says, um, kind of something in the book about like setting yourself up for success. Like, you know, scheduling some time before the meal, if you know that it's going to be a really big problem after. So I thought that that yeah. was really interesting. That uh, we did not do. <laughs> so we just picked a day. I picked a day. It was like a day or two. And I was like, hey, how about like this and this? And then when those days would come and go and nothing would happen, we were both left feeling really like defeated. And like, mm-hmm. this is, so I love the idea of thinking, hey, at least maybe this day and this day, we're going to try to connect in some way. I feel like that really takes the pressure off because that way, you know, that you don't have to go into it like, and you're signing yourself up for like X, Y, and Z, but you could say like, at the very least, like we'll snuggle and, and, and watch a movie or hold hands or like, I'll, you know, massage you or something, anything to create that intimacy. I really, really like that idea very much and would definitely feel much better scheduling those pockets of time in than signing like an unwritten contract of every Tuesday and Wednesday it's go time. (laughs) Absolutely. I'll I'll feel so much pressure then and follow through with that. And I don't want to feel pressured. You know, I want to 
enjoy. Yeah. I think that that's a point too, is not making it feel pressured, but making it feel like something you're looking forward to. So like yeah. on Sunday nights, we've actually started doing um, like our own little thing. Cause you know, everyone gets like the Sunday scaries and no one's excited for Monday. Um, and rather than like just sit on our phones downstairs while we watch the office reruns for the millionth time, <laughs> we've started like shutting down a little bit earlier on Sundays and coming upstairs and just doing like a massage on each other or I'll do Reiki or um, different things like that. And sometimes it will lead into more and sometimes it's not. It's just a relaxing thing. But because we both know we're getting a massage on Sunday night, it's something that we look forward to. And it's actually a really nice, peaceful time. Like, I've now got like little candles I'll set, I'll light or like incense or um, like I'll put on like a different playlist and stuff. And we just like hang out on Sunday nights. And we've probably been doing that for a couple months now. And it is one of my favorite things that I look forward to all the time versus I think if it was like that, where it was like, okay, on like Sunday, like you're having sex every single Sunday, like, and be like, I feel like, okay, I feel pressure. I got to show up to this. So like finding a way to make it feel really giving to yourself and something that you're more excited to show up for. And that's something that you can like play around with, you know, because for some people like massage might not feel like that. That might be like, no, I don't want to do that. So, you know, Mm -hmm. it's individual Mm -hmm. for each of you. But I think if, if it's, yeah, if it doesn't feel so like, like an obligation and something that you're more looking forward to, I like that. Yeah. That's an, that's an incredible, I'm going to pedal that out to all of my friends. <laughs> Every single one of them, I'm going yeah. to send out a group text and say, I highly no, recommend. <laughs> yeah. Highly recommend. Yeah. That sounds amazing. Yeah. It's actually been really, really awesome. I'm probably going to do a podcast, a full podcast episode on it, but that's another topic for another time. Mm-hmm. Also, a thought I had with scheduling sex is spontaneous scheduling. And I realized that those are words that don't like that's an oxymoron. <laughs> um, But I'm thinking about like, because if it's on the calendar, right, and you've got your whole month written out and you know, like the little pink dot on that one is your code for whatever that you're supposed to get jiggy with it later. Please, (laughs) please excuse my silliness. Um, (laughs) It's fine. Instead, if it's something where like spontaneous scheduling. So if you have ever gotten like a text from a friend or something like this, and I did like how she kept referring to in the book, like, would you talk to a friend this way? Or would you do this? Cause we get so comfortable with our partners sometimes that they're easy to shut down or, or different things. So spontaneous scheduling in my mind, and this is just a term that I've come up with is like that throughout the day. So like, if I get a text message from Connor, who's like, Hey, I miss you today. And I'm like, Oh, Hey, I miss you today. And it's like, I'd really like to connect with you later or whatever, or like in whatever way they do that. Then it's technically still ske- like we're scheduling it for later, but it's a little bit more spontaneous. So it doesn't feel as like mixed, but then it goes into like those initiation types because then it's almost like there's initiation that's happened. It's that excitement one. It's that anticipation, but it's still now something that I've jotted down on my calendar. Almost the same way as a friend that's like, hey, it's sunny outside. Do you want to go for a walk in 10 minutes? And I'm like, yes, I do. Right. And I schedule that or we do. So like looking for those opportunities to schedule it, but not make it feel so formal, more just like, oh, the the word she used was invitation. Can you initiate like an invitation? And I really, really liked that because um, she was, again, like liking it to a friend. She's like, you would invite your friend like, hey, I haven't seen you in a long time. It's been a hot minute. Are you free on Thursday to go grab lunch? It's not like, hey, we haven't talked in a while. I guess I better connect. Do you want to like get lunch together and chat or something like no one's going to be excited about that. Right. And so I don't know, just kind of like those different mindset shifts that you can have. I really, really liked all of her examples there. I'm looking forward to reading that chapter very much now. Yeah, they were really good. Um, Any other like insights or takeaways that I, I'm just running my little mouth. Like I said, I have pages on pages of notes, so I could just keep going. (laughs) Oh, Elizabeth raised her hand. I didn't read the book, but I'm just taking things away. I'm clearly in a different phase. Yes. (laughs) I'm eight weeks postpartum. I haven't even been to my six-week postpartum checkup, you know. But, like, I just kind of appreciated what you were saying. Like, I think sometimes my brain is always, like, it has to be a big event, Mm -hmm. right? Like, it always has to end the same way kind of scenario. And... Um, 
it's just kind of helpful because like I was thinking as you were talking, like I think for me, and this is always, even without baby, I've always been like this where like I will have a moment where I'm like, oh my gosh, I love those pants. Like I'm so into you right now. Like I would, you know, see his pants or whatever, you know, or like <laughs> he's wearing that. Like I just like, it kind of turns me on in the moment, but then there's like no opportunity to just be like, let's go in the moment. Like we have kids running around or whatever. And so just kind of like brainstorming in my head, you know, what happens, how, how to hold on to some of that, like excitement, because it usually goes away pretty quick (laughs) when like things come in. And so just the idea of like, maybe acting on that, like you said, that spontaneous scheduling of like, okay, act on that thought. So then maybe I can really try to revisit it later because I had that thought. So like, I know it's there. Yeah. Um, and I could revisit it. I could like try to rekindle it later. Yeah. I love that you use the word rekindle because she talks about, maybe she does, or maybe I came up with it while I was reading. <laughs> Thank you doing that. Um, but like the simmer or the kindle, like you say, right. I always expect it to be this big thing. So it's like this fire, right? Like this burst and this energy. And it's like, okay, but if you just like kept putting logs on or like kindling on all day or all week or all month, then that fire's always like at least there. Like you're not going from like nothing to you want a huge bonfire. And mm-hmm. so I kind of like that too, where it's like, oh yeah, I had this thought. What could I do with it? And even that's like, hey, I really like those pants. Like you should put them on again after the kids go to bed. Like, <laughs> cause then like you, that might be able to spark me back into it or something. Like, I really, I really like that, um, that I did just like noticing, like when you do have the thought, it's just more like becoming aware, right? With anything in our life, like the more we can become aware of those things, like the more that we have the opportunity to make actual like conscious action on it. Yeah. The simmer part really resonated with me too. Of like, and she kind of talks about that again at the end of the book to sum yeah. up in the final chapter of like finding the little moments to connect every day. Like that's really like what you need to do in order to have that desire is like mm-hmm. little moments of connection, whatever that looks like, but truly making an effort in like the daily, not just like, okay, let's have sex, but like building that up. I really like that. She circled back to that at the end of the book that it wrapped everything up. Cause like you get to the last conversation, it's like about exploration. So it's like all the fun and like the fantasy and all this stuff. And, and I, so I really liked that she wraps it back up with not even like sex. Like it came back to just connecting. And I really enjoyed, she talked about coming up with like creating your own rituals and the things that you do in your life. So like the one I shared on Sunday nights, like I would consider that like a ritual almost, or like we try to go on daily walks would be a ritual and a way that we connect, or we try to go to bed together at the same time each night. Like those are ways that we connect and each couple is going to have their own rituals. Or if it's like every time, you know, you leave the house, we give each other a kiss or, um, you know, any of those things, whatever those rituals can be, um, will help just strengthen all of those things. I also thought it was interesting. She shared a statistic. I believe it was in that chapter that blew my mind. She, there was a study done and I don't remember where it is, but you'll read it or listen to it in the book and know that I'm telling the truth. Um, But it was the average couple has like face-to-face conversations. It was uh, the total was 35 minutes per week that you're Mm -hmm. connecting face-to-face. And I was like, stop. That is no time at all. 35 minutes per week. And so if you think about it, like if that's where we're coming from and then we're trying to have these like crazy sex lives, it's like, you know, wonder there's like a disconnect there because you're not connecting in any other way. So of course it's not going to be this like big event, explosiveness, connectingness, like, holy cow, I'm seeing stars kind of experience every time because it ha- it takes all of these other little things going into it. And that can feel like a lot of work and everything, especially when we've got like the mental load and all the things going on. But um, she talks about needle movers, which I love so much. And I have a podcast that I listen to all the time. And she always talks about that. Like, what are the little things almost like when scheduling sex or saying, what's the baseline? What's the bottom thing? Just these little needle movers that you can have um, and that you can feel proud of yourself for each day. Cause it can be, um, I don't know, it can feel daunting or tricky to like have these conversations or to feel like you're not where you want to be, but to, um, with anything, 
obviously, but to give yourself like the credit there and to like, I don't know, positive reinforcement is always better than criticism, I think. <laughs> so for yourself and for your partner. Yeah. And I think my main takeaway was probably just, again, I think it was just the validation, right? Like the ability to be like, okay, it's not just me and kind of everyone's having these, you know, needs to have these conversations. And I think she restated a couple of times too, that like this takes work. Like if you think that the work is done, I think that she said this in the book, right? If you think that the work is done, as soon as you say, I do, you have no idea what you just got yourself into. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like the, the, um, and of course, I don't know like everybody's background or anything, but I I feel like the role models that I had in my life was very much that, like, I didn't see a lot of dating. Um, I didn't see a lot of dancing in the kitchen or stolen kisses or hand holding or butt slap, like any, like I didn't see any of that. Right. And so of course I was kind of just assuming like, yeah, like all this stuff happens naturally. And then when it didn't, my world was just so completely rocked that a lot of times in the book, when she was kind of bringing it back to like, no, 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 like you have to have these conversations. This doesn't just happen naturally. Let me help you have this conversation. Let me, (laughs) and she just gave you like this beautiful roadmap to be able to like connect with the one person that you probably love most in the world. And if you think about it, um, your partner is the only other person in the entire world that you can share this type of connection with. Yeah. It is you and it's the other person. Um, and so if this isn't happening, you're not supposed to be <laughs> getting it from somewhere else. So this is absolutely something that should be um, kind of talked about. And like I said, just like the drives and and the fact that um, women, you know, may tend to connect m- more prior and men, their connection is the actual act itself. Just things like that were just completely and totally mind blowing to me. So that's, that's my takeaway. And I cannot wait to get to chapters 10, 11, and 12 (laughs) to actually get more of like that roadmap. Um, There were so many amazing things that have happened in the, I could just only imagine. Yeah, no, it's so good. I really actually liked to, um, in chapter three, before you even get into the conversation, she's it's that chapter is rules for engagement, um, which I think is so good for any conversation you're going to have in a relationship with anybody is having like, okay, what are the boundaries and like, how do we engage really well? Um, but, but the, the one takeaway I had from that chapter was write a list of your goals for your sex life before even going into like, I, I just really, really liked that. Um, mm-hmm. She said, you know, having that thought even beforehand and then revisiting it after you listen to everything and being like, okay, have my goal shifted at all or did I have a different insight or whatever? But having with anything, right, we kind of have to have a little bit of a of a destination point that we're trying to get to or a goal. And I really liked that. She also talked about, um, this was in the very beginning when you're talking about like the role models we had or being like, well, in the movies, it happens like this, you know, and like we didn't have to do anything. <laughs> and um, the quote she has is like vulnerability or no awkwardness is the price of admission for like a really good sex life. And I thought that was awesome because so many times, like we don't want to try something new or do something or even say something because it's like, well, that's awkward or it's vulnerable or whatever. And I think if we can embrace those, like more awkward you are, like, and then just laugh it off. Like it's totally fine. Um, but I don't know, we get so in our heads about that. So I, those were two really good ones that I, that I really took away from it too. It was like vulnerability and awkwardness is the price of admission. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. And I think it opens up that conversation to be able to be, I mean, if you can't be vulnerable and awkward yeah. <laughs> like with your partner, like the one you have babies with, the one that you're doing life with, um, then, then that makes me almost kind of like, I mean, I know that I can be pretty vulnerable and awkward, <laughs> but I know that there are kind of, um, like other friendships that I have that maybe they're not as vulnerable, you know, and awkward. And I always get a little like, oh, like, because if I didn't have that, I would be completely missing that because you need to be able to really just like let your hair down 
every once in a while with someone who you feel truly sees and understands you and whether or not that's your partner or a friend or someone, everybody needs somebody like that. I feel like in, in their lives. And I think that that could, this, these type of conversations, like you had said, Jesse could be good just for like, I've heard you say they can be good for like children and managing Mm -hmm. conflict. And so these, this can be a little roadmap roadmap to kind of connecting with others, almost keeping that intimacy up. Right. So that's really exciting too. Absolutely. Okay. We're getting on time, so I won't keep you guys too much longer because I know we're all busy, but we didn't even get into, um, and you're not there yet. You'll get there, but the yes, no, maybe list, which I'm so excited about. There's actually, if you are on audible right at the top, you can click on it and it'll take you to the yes, no, maybe list. Has anyone done a yes, no, maybe list with their person? Okay. Not, not yet. <laughs> um, she talks about this and how the maybes are so fun. So it's it's a whole list of just like a ton of different like sexual experiences from like, I like to be kissed on the neck to like, I don't know, really out there stuff. And <laughs> you can mark yes, no, and then maybes. And maybes are where she was like, that's where like a lot of the fun is and even the conversations are at. And that's in uh, the fifth conversation, the exploration one, which I thought was like a lot of fun. She talks about it in the idea of like a red light, green light, yellow light, and just how it, within those yellow lights is the opportunity for even more conversation and more ways of being like, okay, well, like I would maybe do this, but only in this scenario or like, anyway, I just, it's a, it's another fun conversation to get to. So I've done a yes, no, maybe list. It opens up lots of conversations and sometimes my no's have turned into maybes and my maybes have turned into no's and whatever. And it's just fun. So this was such a fun conversation though. Does anyone else have any other like last minute tidbits that they want to throw in. Yes. <laughs> I'll say something. Yes. Um, <laughs> I know I didn't read the book and I've really like appreciated everything you've said. Um, but the constant message that was going through my head was you have to talk about it and you have to talk about it a lot and you have to talk about everything and every little weird awkward part of it or the fun parts of it. Um, and that's been one thing, um, I've been married for almost 18 years and the last maybe five years, (laughs) we've really like upped our conversations about it and just been totally open and honest. And, and that either leads to the end goal, right. (laughs) Or it leads to like, more in-depth conversations about how we're communicating and treating each other, like even sex aside. Um, And it's been really, really amazing. We've had a lot of ups and downs, even within those past five years, but like, that's been a constant for us. It's just like talking about it till, I don't know, (laughs) just every date we go on, we have these drive it will we'll be driving wherever to and from and that's what we're talking about and we're talking about it forever and um that has helped us so much and it's helped me come to a point where sex isn't a chore and it's not just something I give yeah because that's how it was for so long um and it's become a two-way street and now we look out for each other and we've been able to get to those like exploration parts of it and yeah so i love that i i want to read this book now but i do feel yes like <laughs> the whole underlying thing was like you have to talk about it you have yeah. to in yeah. order to know what you really need or want and to make it a good experience so yeah absolutely okay you have to read it because there's so many things that you said where I'm like, yes you would get from this um i like what you said though how you're like it either gets us to the end goal or it opens up more conversation which i think is really awesome in chapter four, before you even get into the conversations, um, it's just laying the foundation. And she had, I think there was nine points. So I'll end with these um, for just like how to have a good conversation, which I think, again, recaps how to have a good conversation when it comes to sex or with anything else. So number one was remind yourself of your positive intention, right? Because especially with this, if you're coming to it, like you have a positive intention. Your intention is not to like burn everything down. Um, number two was to have a teammate mentality. She talked about that a lot, how it's not me versus we. She also said a lot of times when she's doing sex therapy with a couple that there's three like individual, like three 
uh, like components there, like you, you and the relationship as a whole, which I really just, I love that teammate mentality. Number three was start softly. And she had an acronym for that called HALT, where it says never start one of these conversations if you're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, which I think is like mm-hmm. for any interaction we have with anyone ever, like we should always be like, am I hungry, angry, lonely, or tired? Um, four was using eye language, which we've all heard before. Five, she said, go slow. That was also the speed and in which and how many things you're trying to tackle. Like, let's not try to tackle every single component of our entire relationship. Like, let's pick one, like, let's go slow through this, Um, which I'm always saying start slow and start small and baby steps. So I obviously really love that step. Number six was don't use words like always and never. You always do this. You never do this. Um, Number seven was make space for new behaviors. And I liked that she gave a really good example in the book of saying like, oh, well, he would never do that. Like if I asked him to X, Y, Z. And so she was shutting it down for him to even change because she was saying like, well, he would never do this. So like being like not using language that shuts down the opportunity to grow and to change. Uh, Number eight, close your mouth, open your ears. Good advice for everybody. And then number nine was be compassionate and have empathy. So I thought those were all really good tips for before you're getting started on any conversation, how to come with that and stuff. I think that that was kind of that, that triggered that thought when you were sharing. So I'm just, yeah, I'm so happy that you guys showed up and that you guys read the book. I'm excited for next month. We are going to be reading a book called More Than a Mom. So each month or each, yeah, each month this year, there's kind of a focus and I'm going to put it out and let everyone know kind of my behind the scenes thinking that I've been doing. Um, So January was kind of focused on self a little bit with the kindness method of how we did that. Then we went to relationships. We're going back to self this next month um, with a book called More Than a Mom. I'm very, very excited about it. And then we'll switch off to something else and then we'll go back to self the other month. So then we're going to shift into like parenting and then self and then friendships and then self and we'll just end the year really well-rounded. So it's going to be fun. Um, I'll send out an email with a link to the next book, but it's More Than a Mom by Carrie Kempakis, I believe is her name. Uh, The reviews were out of this world from a lot of people that I really respect. So I'm excited to dive into that and put some focus on ourselves this this month coming up in March. So thank you so much for coming in. Um, If you guys are liking book club and want to invite friends. I would love to have this grow. This is still a very new thing, but I'm loving what it's turning into and the conversations that we're having and just want to help make it better. So any suggestions, any feedback I'm completely open for. And with that, I'll let everybody go. Thanks guys. Thank you for hanging out with me again today. I'm so glad you pressed play. If you want to take a quick second to share this episode with someone you think would love it too, that would be amazing. If you're loving the show, make sure you go and leave a review on iTunes. Reviews are like magic for podcasts, and your review will help get this show into the ears of more amazing women just like you. And come find me over on Instagram. I'm there at positively.jessie, and I cannot wait to hang out with you some more. So until next time, have an amazing week.